I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. Toto, I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. You're a wizard, Harry. Welcome everybody to episode number 49 of the Stage Door Podcast, recorded on February 9th, 2017. I'm your host, Maria Riboli, and this week I'm reviewing Patterson, the Young Pope, and you guys are back with your reviews from the pews. So grab your popcorn, sit back, relax, enjoy the show. Well, hello everybody. I'm actually talking to you from um, my home, because I'm snowed in, because we had a big snowstorm today, and... Um, After shoveling my way out of my home, I'm now back in to do this and just come here and talk to you guys. So I can imagine a better way to spend a snow day than chatting with you guys about movies and TV shows. It's always fun. So I saw a couple of things this week. Shocker, right? Uh, First of all, I went to see the latest movie by Jim Jarmusch, Patterson. He wrote it, he directed it, and it features Adam Driver as a bus driver in the city of Patterson in New Jersey, and his name is also Patterson. And we go through a week in his life, we, we see his routine, he, he, he lives with the, his very artsy wife, who is always painting something, or starting a new project, like a new dream, from uh, baking cupcakes to playing guitar and becoming the next country singer and uh, and also she's obsessed with the colors black and white so everything in the house has been painted in these colors and meanwhile Patterson wakes up every morning goes to work where he listens to to the different conversations of the people riding his bus then he he eats his lunch then um, that she has packed it in again a very artsy way that was actually kind of cute I enjoyed this moment um, and he eats his lunch while while writing poetry because that's his thing he has a secret journal where he he writes his poetry and it's a poetry that doesn't rhyme but it, it's it's more like a, a matter of fact observation of things in his life Um and then he goes back home where he picks up the mail from his crooked mailbox and every day he straightens it up. Um, he straightens it up and then he he comes in, they have dinner, a chat with his wife, then he takes the dog out and he goes to his local bar for a beer. Now, you watch all this for at least seven times in a row. <laughs> and every day there might be like a small changes, like something that happens from... Um, his bus breaking down to him meeting a young girl who writes poetry as well to uh, like a fight you know it, was, it wasn't like really a fight in a bar like a drama moment in the bar but no matter what like of course you feel the routine like the the never changing life 
Now, the movie for me tried very hard to be something that it just it wasn't. Um, I I believe that you know to look for poetry in the small things in life. I think it's it's a beautiful concept, but the movie just dragged, and uh, I I think it would have been a great short film, and but two hours. They were pretty intense. And I noticed a lot of the people in the audience were just moving around, getting antsy, looking at their watches. And um, the guy in front of me, first of all, he got on his phone because he couldn't take it anymore. Um, and then the thing that annoyed the shit out of me because I, I was getting like the light from his phone. Um, and then he, he kind of just left his wife there. Like I think there were like 15 minutes left in the movie, but he couldn't take it anymore. He had to leave. Now, the movie got some really, really good reviews, and that is also why I wanted to see it. Um, Adam Driver, he does a good job. I think it's perfect for the role. And so his is uh, the actress who plays his wife, who has a name that I'm about to butcher. Her name is, let me see, Goldshifted Farahani. I'm sorry, I'm sure I butchered your name tremendously, but she was lovely in the role. Um, but again, the, the movie in Separate Say felt pretentious to me, really not as deep as it could have been or as it wanted to be. And uh, the cinematography, the cinematography like the movie, very basic. And I understand that it wanted to reflect that, but there were no interesting shots and there was no poetry there and should have been, at least in the cinematography. Um, and so it doesn't help, obviously, the pace or, again, the poetry of, of the, the movie. It's funny because I don't really have much more to say because this movie just didn't leave me with anything after I watched it. I, it was one of those movies that I was like, I'm going to forget about this in, like, a week and probably in a, in a year from now, they're going to be like, have you ever seen the movie Pat? I was like, what? No, I've never seen it. <laughs> so um, it really didn't stay with me. I didn't connect to anything. Um, so my final vote for Patterson, three gummy bears. But, you know, if, if you're... And listen, Jim Jarmusch, I, he did some great work in the past. Um, obviously, it's a very um, independent uh, uh, film filmmaker, with some very interesting movies that he made, short films. So, the, you know, that's also why I wanted to see it, because, I, you know, I, I enjoy some of his earlier work, but this one just it didn't do it for me. So, there you have it, people. But, but, then I got my binge-watching pants on, and that's thanks to a few recommendations from you guys. I actually started watching uh, The Young Pope on HBO, created by Paolo Sorrentino and starting Jude Law, Diane Keaton, and Silvio Orlando. And, uh, well, I have to say thank you guys for recommending this one to me. What a show! Um, I have to be honest, when I saw the trailer, I wasn't too interested in watching it. I'm also huge, usually not a huge Jude Law fan. So, when he came out, I just, you know, I didn't jump on the wagon. I'm, but... I don't know why, I just I wasn't that interested in it. Um, but I have to say right now, I'm really, really glad I did, I have to say. The the show follows this young pope, played, again, wonderfully by Jude Law. And he's the first American pope. Um, and a very, very different one. 
I have to say, every opening sequence of each episode is a masterpiece on its own. And I'm not going to give away too much because I hope you guys will watch it if you haven't yet. The very first shot of the first episode got me hooked. You see a very different kind of Pope. You see him in his private moments. Um, but Sorrentino really has created a fascinating character, a very unique Pope who um, who doesn't want to be seen, but he wants to be feared, um, who will stop at nothing to get what he wants, who who kind, of, who kind of considers himself a god and does things that make you think, you know, he is a god. Um, the show is definitely surrealistic. And, and again, the the camera work, the shots that Sorrentino created are incredible. It feels like you're watching a painting coming to life from the colors to the details of the clothes, the, the expression. It's truly superb. Like just visually, it's one of the shows that you could take probably, you could put your TV on mute and just watch it and still enjoy it because it's visually, it's absolutely stunning, stunning. Every single shot is perfection. Um, the show also has a lot of humor in it. Not, you know, it's a very smart humor, sarcastic. Uh, the one that will probably will make you smirk. Um, there's a scene where where we see Sister Mary, that played again wonderfully by Diane Keaton, and we see her in her PJs, and she has a T-shirt on that says, "I'm a virgin," but this is an old T-shirt, <laughs> and it was just so perfect. I, I think in a way, it really summed up the feel of the show that t-shirt and I have to say I, I was you know while I was watching it one of you guys actually Martin Martin from from love from the UK you, you mentioned about the t-shirt and I remember laughing out loud and and when I saw it I was like oh my god this is so brilliant I have to say I was like did they see this t-shirt somewhere they're like we need to use the t-shirt in the show or like they actually wanted that t-shirt I don't know how that came along but it was just perfect the t-shirt was just perfect um, Jude Law is outstanding in this role this is his best role yet for me he he's just is so deliciously evil you just you can't stop watching him you you just want to know what he's capable of doing he's you know he he's taking over the Vatican with with a bulldozer like he, he has no shame he will stop at nothing and he, he has a very devilish like satanic almost feel to him um and and it's obviously it's really funny that he plays the pope considering that but he has this very dark side of him this very evil side of him and it's just it's perfect. He's he does an outstanding job. I've never seen him um, taking on a role the way he did with this one. I he he deserves an award for this one because I I I feel he's absolutely brilliant in the in uh, as this the young pope. And I have to say, everyone involved in this piece is incredible. From uh, the cinematographer Luca Bigazzi, who is able to truly capture some incredible moments with his camera. Uh, as I said before, I think this is... Oh, excuse me, I just bumped into my microphone. Um, as I was saying before, this is one of those, you know, shows that you could watch without 
sound on because every single shot is outstanding. Um, the costume designers, oh my god, the costume, oh my, the costumes, they're just absolutely unbelievable. Um, the editors, the editing of the show is, is flawless, it's just, it goes from one scene to another, the details, all the patches, it's just perfect, perfect. Everyone, bravo. This is truly like, um, it's an epic series, a must-watch one. I hope you'll be able to catch it. I, again, I started it, I think, two days ago. <laughs> and I caught up very fast. Um, right now we are at episode 8. And there are only two left. So I'm looking forward to this weekend to to get to the next one. Uh, but again, don't miss it. Uh, each episode is around, I think, an hour long. Um, so yeah, now that I think about it, I just watched eight hours of a show plus two hours of a movie. So it was another good ten-hour week working for for the podcast. So I hope you guys appreciate it because that's all the work I put in for you guys. Um, I have to say, my final vote for the young pope. Uh, I'm going with uh, I'm going with nine gummy bears and an amen because it was good. It is good, and I hope you guys watch it because it's really. Uh, brilliant show. Another great one for HBO. So bravo HBO. And now, um, this again is a little shorter show. It's it's a snow snow day show. Um, we have one reviews from you one review from you guys for for our reviews from the pews segment. And we have Marco Marco Talotta. Okay, Marco says something quite unusual is going on. Hmm. I'm watching a series on Amazon Prime, and I was actually waiting for it with much anticipation. It's Ronia the Robber's Daughter by Studio Ghibli. I own everything ever created by this Japanese studio, and my two kids are in love with it too. I bet, Marco, Studio Ghibli is amazing. Um, Ronia is an anime series based on a children's book, and it's directed by Goro Miyazaki, son of legendary... Hayao Miyazaki. Thank you, Marco, for putting those words there. Um, considered by many as the Japanese Walt Disney. Yeah, actually, I remember that. I already binge watched uh, 16 of the 26 episodes. Good job, Marco. You got your binge watching pants on. And I can comfortably say that I feel at home. Oh, I see in Ronia many of Studio Ghibli's signature themes being in harmony with nature, the importance of family, coming of age the beauty of true friendship, the world seen through the eyes of children, and, in general, the happiness found in little things and a simple life. Oh, that's lovely. I was surprised they use computer animation, since Studio Ghibli always promotes and dignifies traditional animation, but I still think they achieve truly nice and clean visuals. So far, I feel like giving this anime series 8.5 <laughs> otaku bears. <laughs> That's lovely. That's great, Marco. Actually, I didn't know about um, this uh, this series. And I'm going to check it out on Amazon Prime because I, I, I do enjoy Studio Ghibli. I think they're extremely talented. And... Uh, and, and hey, you got me at 26 episodes because I'm on the hunt for a new series right now. I'm on the hunt to find something to binge watch because I feel like I saw them all. Um, and I have to say today that it's this, you know, snow day. And even though I was working all day from home and right now it's around 6 p.m. here and, you know, I'm still doing this. And But, you know, I'm, hopefully I'll try to... Um, 
chill out a little bit after. I'm like, oh, I watched everything I wanted to watch. I, tr- I tried actually to watch the Santa Clarita Diet on uh, Netflix. It's a new series with, um, uh, oh, what's her name? Uh, Drew Barrymore, isn't it? And uh, I think I got through the first 10 minutes. <laughs> and then I was like, nope, <laughs> I'm not doing this. Um, and it's funny because I saw some of you guys commenting on on our Facebook uh, group. Some of you saw it. Some of you were like, you know, I watch all the episodes and I still don't know if I liked it or not. <laughs> and I have to say, after the first 10 minutes, I was like, no, the acting was terrible. I didn't know where it was going. I just, I wasn't interested in it. So I just, I moved away. Um so yes, I'm looking. I'm looking for for a new series. I'm I'm waiting for you know a bunch of new of series that are about to start. You from you know uh, Bates Motel that's about to start in a little bit on March 17 on Netflix is Iron Fist, and you know I posted the the trailer on on our group. It looks fantastic. So I have very very high hopes for this one. So on March 17 17, you know where I'll be. Um, but I have my fingers crossed because, um, you know, after Luke Cage, I'm a little nervous, but hopefully it's, hopefully it's a good one. It looks good. It does. It looks good. The the fight scenes look good. So fingers crossed for that one. But again, I'll be, and then of course we also have Stranger Things that they, they show the, the trailer during the Super Bowl. Um, and we have to wait until Halloween for season two. Yeah, that's really far away. Um. And it's funny because today I actually saw a post uh, that says that the the plot for season two was revealed and I did not click on it. So no spoilers, people, no spoilers. Um, anyway, this, again, as I say, was going to be a, a quick show, just a little bit of quick review of the things that I was able to see the past week. As always, you can find us at thestagedoorpodcast.com, Facebook, The Stage Door Podcast, and also on our secret group so look at the facebook groups the stage door podcast twitter the stage door pod and then you can listen to every single episode that we have on google play soundcloud itunes and as always a very um big thank you to ricky dj technoid for the intro and outro of the show you can find him on soundcloud at dj technoid-3 facebook twitter dj technoid thank you ricky so uh, funny enough, we're getting the next next episode is gonna be our fiftieth episode, and um, I think with uh, we'll be able to actually meet up with Tom for that one, and um, we're gonna have some actually announcements coming coming your way. It's gonna be a pretty big episode for us, but um, I'm not gonna get into it right now. I'm gonna wait for Tom, <laughs> and we'll share news together. But again, guys, I hope you guys are having a lovely week. I hope you're enjoying your day, whatever you're doing. I hope you're uh, seeing great things at the movies, on TV, at the theater, support the arts. And thank you very much for your support towards us. Um, It always meant a lot to me and Tom, of course. And uh, as far as it concerns to me, this is a wrap.
permanent box and machine set races. A porcelain tub with boiling water. A Saturday night with the mayor.